Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Now, normally we pray in, but because tonight is a little different, I'm just going to wait to pray because it's basically a prayer meeting. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking of different topics that we could potentially talk about, different things that we could discuss. And it occurred to me <clears throat> that the last spiritual bar fight we had was 2021. That's a, <clears throat> it's quite the gap. Had it gotten any later in the year, around um, August, would have been two full years since we've had one of those. So I figured why not a better time than <clears throat> we're still in January. It's still the beginning of the year. So let's go for it. Let's let's have at it. With that being said, uh, this is a spiritual bar fight part four. I'm calling this one Determination. The previous ones we've had were all in response to something that was either going on or in response to a need. And this one is definitely in response to a need. Now, I say determination and I know that the Lord works in those right on times. Because even though the year's just started, it's just kicked off. There are a lot of things that seem like it they want to follow you into this year well we don't want that we don't want any pain or strife or sorrow to necessarily follow us instead we want to go ahead and deal with that there are any issues that we're trying to creep into this year with us we want to get rid of that now on the opposite side if there's a current storm or issue that you may find yourself dealing with if there is a problem, if there is some circumstance or just some new trial or test or, or storm or season that you happen to find yourself in in this beautiful new year of ours. Well, let me tell you, like we talked about last week, about how the Lord, our God, is with us every single step of the way, how he will never and I do mean never abandon you. He will never fail you. He will never cease to amaze, to bless, to pull us through, to teach, to grow, all of the above. With that, <clears throat> it is up to us to keep holding on. Life at times can, um, can get really rough. It can seem really gray. It can seem all too discouraging. To where you just want to throw in the hat. You don't really know what to do. You find yourself at an impasse. You're just lost and confused. And I understand. So with that, there are a few scriptures I want to share with you first. And then we'll go ahead and get into this bar fight. The first of which <clears throat> happens to come from 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 through 27. And if we take a look at how the NLT says it, it says that don't you realize that a race that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. 
So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, you may be asking yourself exactly what is shadow boxing? Well, shadow boxing is a discipline that most boxers or fighters practice. And it's a, a mental thing where you imagine your opponent and you begin to spar with them. You begin to see where you're weak, where they're strong, we'll say. And if there's anything that you can do to overcome, if there's anything that you can do to subvert their means of hurting you or winning the match. Well, in this case, <clears throat> our biggest enemy in, in most of our fights is self. How am I going to hinder myself from getting the things that God has for me? Well, for starters, not reading my Bible enough, not talking to God enough, um, praying and not listening for a response. I mean, I, guilty as charged. We, we, I know we all are at some point, but let me just out myself real quick. There are so many things we could do to just throw sticks in our own path. There are so many things we could do to fumble the bag, as we say. And the biggest of which is just being hard headed, being being this human condition, just just existing can can do that to you. But I thank God that we already have the, the answers to this test of ours, and that's to choose him when we keep doing the same old thing where we find ourselves making the same mistake. Well, let's change it up. I know it's easier said than done, but practice does inevitably make perfect. If I keep going to God with my issue, eventually that issue won't be an issue anymore because I'm taking all power that it would want to try to have in my life and I am relinquishing it to God Almighty every single time. Now, another interesting thing here that we see is that it says that only one person gets the prize. Now, you may be a little confused when you hear that. There are billions upon billions of us, a countless number of brothers and sisters who have been saved that are all running this same race. So only one of us gets the prize? No, no. Let's use our, our vast knowledge of the Bible that we've been so graciously given by the Lord himself through all of our past Bible studies. We are individuals. Yes, you are you. I am me. My granny is my granny. My mom is my mom and so on and so forth. But just like the Bible says, though we are all individual, collectively we form one body. And at the head of our good old body that we make up is the Lord Jesus himself. He's running the show. And because he's already run the race and has finished it and crossed the finish line just for you and for me, it's already finished. We've won. Now he's passed the baton to us so that as we walk it out in this life of ours, in this human condition where we need him every single day, more and more, the older we get. 
It's that when we get the baton and we run it, we can help pull some other people in this race with us because the race we run isn't about how strong you are, how fast you are, how smart you are, how confident you are. It isn't about any of that. It's about how well you can endure the testings, the trappings, the hardships of life. The Lord himself said, because I went through things, you will too. But the benefit for us going through is that he's right there with us in the same way that he held himself up when he walked this race out for us. He will now hold you and me up. So when we run the race, when we run the marathon together as a whole, when we get to our end point and God takes us back on home, the next person or the next generation gets to run too because they have more examples of how God has helped us through all these crazy situations. How as much as things in this life change, things stay the same because there is nothing new under the sun. The only thing that changes is we just get a little bit more technologically advanced. That's about it. Other than that, God is the, the same wonderful God who brought all our ancestors through, who are getting us through, and will take the munchkins on forward after us on through too. Now with that, take a look at our, our second scripture, which comes from Roman chapters eight, well, chapter eight, excuse me, verse 35 through 39. And the Bible says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what does this all mean? We've used the scripture quite a lot, but it, it's very important, especially when it comes to our determination factor here. Nothing, nothing at all. I mean, literally nothing, not a single thing, even the worst thing you could potentially think of. None of it will ever remove God's love from your life. OK. If you've been saved, if you're currently in your sanctification process. If you're just this much better and you can't even tell how far apart my fingers are from one another. But if you're just this much better today than you were yesterday, let me reassure you that God is working on you. It's these itty bitty changes that you cannot see sometimes. The iota, as we've come to discover, are what inevitably make these huge gaps and leaps in your your character. What you once were maybe a few months ago is a completely different person than who you are right now. Stop being so, <clears throat> so particular about yourself. Let, let me tell you, that can drive you very crazy. Instead, 
when you decide you want to measure yourself up, open the Bible, open the mirror, open the law, the word, the truth of, of what everything is supposed to be about. Open up God's love. Put it down. Look at yourself in the mirror. That's what the Bible is referred to as a mirror. And when you start to measure yourself against what God would want us to be, what he demands that we be, because he's holy, we're supposed to be holy. Start checking off a few boxes. Don't start with necessarily where you're short because you'll start getting depressed. But take a look at how good God has been. Do you do these certain things anymore? No. Do you have a more consistent prayer life? Yes. Do you actually trust God when you pray? I mean, I would hope you do. That's the whole point in praying. But begin there. Then start to see where maybe you're not measuring up. I could do this better. Maybe I should stop doing this particular thing. I've tried here, but clearly I personally wasn't ready. But now I'm ready for God to be God in this area in my life. I'm ready to relinquish this. I'm ready to stop doing this thing. I'm tired of spending and sowing so much money and energy into this little faction of my life that is producing nothing but death or sin or greed or anything else. I'm, I'm through with it. I want to be through with it. When we start looking at ourselves constructively against the word or God's love for us, well, then we can begin to really see that God's whole purpose in this sanctification process is never to persecute you. It's to grow you. When it's anything adjacent, that's a lie straight from the enemy. And the whole point of it is so that you stay determined. Yes, we fall short of the glorious mark or the standard that God has left for us. But that's all right. I'm human. I'm imperfect. I, I can't expect to be perfect in my current condition. But that means I have something I can always strive toward. I can chase after him, as the gospel song says. And in my chase, in my journey, it's not this fruitless endeavor. No, instead, when I chase after God, he sees the hunger. He rewards the hunger. He blesses me. He fills me. He feeds me. He waters me. He grows me. He nurtures me. He continues to produce more of his own qualities inside of my life so that when people see me, it's not me that they see, but it's him that they see. When my light shines, as Jesus said, then it's not me they'll be praising. It'll be God Almighty they'll be praising because there's no way some idiotic boy like me could ever produce such a marvelous thing. But instead, it has to be God Almighty. So when my light shines, as we've come to understand, I'm simply reflecting my master as a good disciple. I am walking in his image and in his likeness, not Jr. Jr. will have you running into walls 130 percent of the time. But God will have you walking through said wall because he'll have crafted a door for you to go through. And then when you walk through that door, he'll have shut it tight so that nothing from your past where it stinks can get to you. Instead, you'll look back and there will be nothing there. Because your journey starts and ends in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and because it starts in him and because of grace and mercy and because of his sea of forgetfulness.
stay encouraged and determined because when you look back, there is no fault to be had. When you ask for forgiveness, it's forgiven and it no longer exists on your record anymore. So, my brothers and sisters, as we get ready to transition into the prayer portion of this, keep this in mind. That no matter how bad things may get, <clears throat> how, how scarce the resources may seem, how bad the situation may be, how sad or angry or depressed you may feel in the, in the current season or climate or circumstance, Simply remember this one simple truth that if God, for some strange reason, were to just stop loving you, remember that's a lie. He can't stop loving you. He said out of his own mouth that there is no greater love than for a man to lay down his life for a friend. And he personally calls you a friend. Yes, he's your God. Yes, he's your father. He's your Lord. He's your king. He is the great I am. You're all in all. But aside from all of those wonderful positions that he feels, he is your friend. He is someone that deeply cares about you. He is a friend, as the Bible says, that sticks closer to you than a brother can. Now, all my friends to me are like family. They're my dearly beloved brothers. I love them dearly. God knows I am so grateful for each and every one of them. I'm grateful for my, my parents and all my family members and those who have come into my life that have been like a parent to me. Grateful for every single one of you who God has placed in my personal community. And it's because of that. It's because of when we go through things. And sometimes we don't even want to talk about it, but we might just slip up a little bit in, in our words and we'll, we'll begin to speak about it because it's weighing on us. The response that the community will give to you is something that just. I, I don't even know how to describe it other than it just amazes you every single time. And it's not to really promote people, but it's to promote the God in our people. It's because of God inside of each and every one of us that we're able to do these amazing things. It's because of God inside of each and every one of us that are called Christians, that we can be there for one another in the way that it counts the most. It's not about just being able to chunk you some change all the time, but it's about being able to be there in the capacity that you may need us, whether it's to just sit with you and look at the paint dry. Or to be that ear for you to, to just vent to or to go confide something in so that you can receive more prayer on the subject or to ask for wisdom and counseling and receive some Holy Ghost empowered wisdom and counseling. It's whatever you may need in the moment that God will supply. It's not always just him doing the thing straight up, but it could be him through a, a brother or a sister or him through an opportunity, or him through some random encounter. However he chooses to do it, it's all 100% God, just in a different capacity, to show you that, yes, stay determined. Keep fighting this good fight. Keep pushing forward. Keep calling out on my name. Though it hurts right now, 
And when you're hurting, you don't want to hear a single thing about it'll get better in time. You don't want to hear sometimes that God has a plan, even though you know it's true. You're hurting. You're human. Sometimes the sin just doesn't want any of that to get through to you. But let me re-encourage you today, brothers and sisters, that God does have a plan and that plan is for good and not for evil. It's to prosper you, not to hinder you, to prosper you. Prosperity does not always look pretty. It is a long road to a prosperous life. But the beautiful thing about God's prosperity is that it's not the way the world would envision it. You break your back to get a little something so you can live okay for X amount of time before you go on and bite the bucket. No, God's prosperity is if you just put a little bit of trust in me, then I will take your mustard seed. I will grow it. I will turn it into a beautiful garden. I will give back unto you. To, what? What is it? Uh. 30, 60, 100 fold, I will keep giving and giving and giving the more you keep asking and receiving. And all we have to do is stay determined, keep pushing forward. It it hurts at times, but I'll tell you this, the future will always be brighter than the past. It will always be because God works progressively. We don't have a stale God. He does not say, stay in one place. He moves. So if you find that things are stale, maybe you've been slowing your pace down a bit. Just pick it back up a little bit. Pray just an extra minute. Read the Bible just a few extra minutes. When you get up in the morning, just say thank you, God, maybe a few extra minutes, whatever it is, whatever you can tweak to your routine throughout the day. I promise you, you'll begin to find yourself catching back up to the pace that you should be walking in. Not running, but walking in. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying, thank you, Lord. First and foremost, God, we want to just acknowledge you and say that we love you. That, Father God, despite everything we seem to find ourselves in, every situation, anything that could make us sad or angry or hostile or anything that isn't pleasing to you, that, God, you just happen to be in the midst of it all. And it's because you're in the midst of it all, God, that we find ourselves in such a peculiar position to learn, to be blessed, to be humbled to a degree that, God, when we present ourselves humbly to you, that you would exalt us. And, Father, that we thank you that even when we present ourselves humbly to you, you have a way of just allowing that humility to multiply, that we don't take things for granted. That more importantly, we don't take you for granted, God, that coming to you as a problem solver isn't the bad thing. But the bad thing is that when we only resort to you for solving the problem, God, we should be coming to you for the good and the bad to just say thank you and to say, Father, I really need you. But God, even in the good, even in the up, even when we feel like we may not necessarily need a certain thing or a certain mountain moved or the strength to climb said mountain, we still need you, God. We need you in the good to be good stewards, Lord. We need you in the bad to be even still be a good steward, because what little we may have at the moment, we need your wisdom and your understanding to be able to make the thing stretch. And in the same way, God, that you took a child's lunch and you use it to feed the masses, Lord, it's in the same way that we know 
that you can take whatever little we've been given and to multiply, to make it stretch, to make it last, to make something miraculous and wonderful happen inside of it. So the thing we're asking you to stretch, the thing we're asking you to multiply isn't necessarily some monetary resource, but God, it's our faith. Yes, we need resources. Yes, we need some form of of monetary supplication so that we can be able to solve some of these issues. But God, more so, we need you, Lord. And we can't have more of you unless we have the faith to receive you. So God, take whatever faith that we have currently. Help us in our disbelief, as we've been taught in the Bible, and multiply what we have. Take our faith. Use it as a seed, Lord. Grow it 30, 60, and even 100-fold so that when the time comes, when life has some new trial or test waiting on us that you've allowed to, to go through to see where we stand, that, Lord, not only can we pass it with flying colors, but that our faith will come into a new form of perfection. For the Bible tells us that when our faith is perfected, we will be lacking nothing, that we will have a need for nothing. Why? Because at that point in time, our faith or our trust in you, as we've learned the two are synonymous with one another, will be 100% completed, meaning that we will have 100% trust. There will be no doubt left inside of us to what you can or cannot do, because God, your cannot do column is pretty barren. There happens to be nothing that you cannot do, but instead that you can do all things and that we who believe in you are now strengthened through you, Christ Jesus, to do all things. So, Father, grow the faith. Allow us to stay determined to keep moving forward, that whatever thing may be getting us down, whether it's a negative bank account balance or or money just doesn't seem to be present or there are no avenues or opportunities that will just fall through to allow us to get it. Though we may want to work, we don't seem to have the capacity to do so because no one is getting back to us. Father, whether it we're on a job, but things just seem to keep happening like accidents or setbacks, or it just seems like the enemy is doing something I've come to understand, Lord. That it's not always the enemy doing the bad thing, but that, God, you sometimes allow a thing to occur so that we can have our faith or our trust in you grown. And God, we are finally beginning to understand how desperately important it is to have the utmost faith and trust in you. We don't always need the answer. We don't always need to fully understand the circumstances. We don't need to understand the outcome. We don't need to understand anything more than what Romans tells us. And that's that nothing in this life, nothing in any of existence can remove your love from our life. And because that just happens to be 100% the truth, it's an unfallible truth, Lord. Well, an infallible truth, meaning that nothing can disprove it. That means that, God, if we just place our trust in your love, our faith in your love, a response that has gotten through every single person ever who is called upon your name, well, then, God, we would be good. We would need nothing. We would lack nothing. Because just as Paul has said that we've come to see that the answer to living abound or abased or to live in nothing or to live with everything 
It's simply you, Jesus. You're the answer. You're the glue. You're the path. (laughs) You're the construct. You're every single thing that we could hope, want, or need. And all we have to do to prosper with you is to call on you, to trust you that when I pray for a thing, instead of worrying about it, to begin to sing your praises because I know however you choose to answer my prayer, however you choose to answer me, even if it's with a no, I can still praise your name because praise changes my view of the situation. Where I could be depressed, I could be happy knowing that if you didn't do a single thing else for me, you've already done enough, Lord. But I thank you in knowing that you'll still do. You're still blessing. You're still in this blessing service that you've instituted. And that is your sole desire to bless your children, to see us happy, to see the manifestation of the dream, of the purpose that you've placed inside of us to come forth. That all we would have to do, as the Bible teaches us, is to stir up the gift inside because the gifts and talents that you've placed inside of us will make room for us. Meaning that it's the thing, the very thing that you've placed in us that you can pull a lot of us to bring forth the monetary gain, to bring forth a new way to praise you, to bring forth a new generation of your children, Lord, uh, to bring forth a new way. For us to just love you, God. And we simply say thank you for that. That regardless of what we may have been through, regardless of what we may be going through, regardless of what we may go through in the future, that Lord, the answer is always simple to choose you. And that when we choose you, God, when we choose life because you are life, that when we choose you, Father, things begin to change. That when we call out your name, when we pray over the sick, when we begin to to go forth and really trust you and sight is given back to the blind, the deaf can hear, the lame can walk. Those that are on their deathbeds are renewed with 20, 30, 40 more years of life left to live. That it all comes down to the simple truth that we just need to trust you, God. That no matter how bad it may seem to us, that your good sometimes just isn't comprehensible by our feeble understanding. But we thank you that even when we can't understand it, that we can trust your love for us, which has never led us astray, which will never leave us alone or abandoned, which will never have us in a state of confusion because you are not the author of confusion, God. But instead that when we just trust your love for you, everything will work out. Because we're not trying to necessarily live in the permissive will, God, where you work out all things for those who love you according to to the goodness. But instead, God, that you just let it all happen as it should be because we're trusting in you. We're in the perfect will now where you, you say something, we listen and we just respond accordingly. And yes, respond, not react to you, God, but to respond to the situation. The response is to hear what you say, to listen to it, to begin to chew it up and understand and divulge the meaning of it, to give it back to you, asking you to lead us and guide us through whatever it may be, so that when the time comes, it's you every single step of the way. 
that we at no point in it have said, Father, I think I got it from here. No, but instead that God, thank you for what you've given me. And that now I ask that you would show me how to use it, that you would show me what to do with it, that you would show me how to use this for the benefit of not just self, but of my brothers and sisters and those to come. It's in this that we have all the determination that we need, because simply put, Lord, through you, all things are possible. There is nothing that is impossible for you to get done, Father. And because we don't work with self, but we work with you, God, because we're not leaning to our own understanding, but to your understanding, because we're not looking inward for strength that doesn't exist. But we're looking to you, O sovereign Lord, who is the rock, who is the strength itself. Because we're all turning to you, Father, we have every single thing that we need. Because we've abandoned the silly notion that we can do it on our own. Every single one of us needs help in some capacity. And Lord, we thank you so much that we turn our eyes toward the hill where our help comes from. Because Lord, you're the hill. You're the mountain. You're the strength. You're everything that we could possibly hope or want for. And Father, all we simply ask is that you would give us the courage to keep trusting you, that you would give us the strength to keep having faith in you, that you would remind us that this joy of ours that we have inside of you, it never goes away. Sometimes it just gets covered up in some of the dirt of life. But Father, we thank you so much that you give us a new bath daily. If we would just adhere to you, Lord, if we would just come to you with any and everything, that we would be washed white as snow day in and day out, that the problems that seem to be so big would become so minuscule. Because regardless of what's in the bank account, regardless of how many so-called friends we may have in our corner, regardless of how many people are criticizing us each and every day, there is one constant in our life, and that's you, God. And regardless of what the naysayers would say, regardless of what people want to say that we can and cannot do, Here's the simple truth that because you didn't say we couldn't do a thing means exactly that we can do the thing. And in order to get it done, all we have to do is call on your great name, Jesus. Trust and believe that you will see us through it. Have the faith that it will turn out not just OK, but that it will be better than OK. And have the courage to tell another soul that, yeah, I used to be down and out, too. But ever since I gave my life to Christ, things got so much better because I stopped focusing on the, the details of the current. But I started focusing on the things to come that because I'm running this race, not just for me, but for the next person, that I have a treasure waiting for me in heaven, that though the money may not be there, the people I need may not be there. The resources may not be there currently that my God has me covered. It may not be what I want it, but it'll definitely be there right on time. And right on time isn't just because I waited long enough, but it's because I actually adhered to what he was trying to tell me. And I grew. I came out of a situation. I let a certain person go. I left a certain opportunity on the table because it wasn't the godly thing to do. And in doing so, my faith got perfected just that much more. And God, you were able to move into another portion of my life because I made myself available to you. 
And it's in this determination that we have to push forward, that we can truly keep our eyes stayed on you, Master, that we can just keep trusting and believing and, and asking and receiving, because everything we ask you for from that point forward isn't for some selfish reason, but it's so that we could have to give, that we could be blessed to be a blessing so that your light would shine, God. Father, we truly say that we love you, that we adore you, because everything we have, everything that makes us up, everything that is who we are that can be called lovable is all because of our relationship with you, God. The simple truth is, is that when you came down to save us, it wasn't to teach us religion as we have it defined, but it was to teach us relationship. And that it's in our relationship with you, God, that we find true religion, as the Bible describes it, that it is simply defined as love. And God, a man cannot have love unless he has you, because you yourself are love. So, Father, we thank you for loving us before we could love self, because now that we have your love, we can truly begin to love one another. And, Father, for all of us who are in a need, whatever that need may be, whether it's monetary, emotional, physical, mental, whatever it may be, that we trust and believe that you will meet our needs because you've already stepped into that position so many just countless years ago that when you were in the in the garden with the disciples and they were picking wheat to eat on the Sabbath day, that entire discourse between you and the Pharisees and Sadducees was simply between you and them. None of the disciples said a single word. Why? Because you had already fully come into the position that you promised you would. You came to save and God, you did just that. You saved. And so now every discourse that we have, every issue that we could, could occur in our lives, it's no longer between us and it. It's between it and you. And unless you allow the thing to work in a certain manner to help temper us, then nothing no weapon formed against us can prosper and not even the gates of hell can prevail because everything has to get checked with you first, God. And we thank you so much that you love us in this peculiar agape way that you do. Father God, we love you. We thank you. And we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. Mm -hmm.